And welcome to today's episode of the Yacht Yacht Show. I am here by myself at the bar in the trailer hood on a rainy, stormy day. All by myself, got the lamps down, the shades down, the lights down, just kind of dim in here and just kind of feeling that old dreary day. Now, that being said, I hope that most of y'all had a good hunting season. I hope all y'all filled your deer tags and whatnot, whatnot, I guess you would say. Man, what a deer season's been for me. I've kind of had some controversy, and, well, I think most of my life's been controversy. It seems like, you know, if you ain't got nothing, you ain't supposed to have nothing, you know. And uh, what I mean by this, I've killed a lot of big deer, and with killing big deer comes controversy. <laughs> but the good part of that is, well, when you're riding around and town with that big old buck in the back of your truck with the tailgate down for everybody to see you take pictures and you put them on social media your pictures get around town and well heck most of these when i killed they were just pictures you'd send out as a postcard you know he was kind of like king of the town there for a while killed a big old buck but fella like me kills a lot of animals well (laughs) you kind of get known as the outlaw well he must have killed him at night he didn't kill him on his place he got. Ain't no big bucks over there. Things like that. Don't y'all ever have them kind of problems? Well, I've been dealing with it for years, and I think we all do, but we want to stay on that positive side of things to where we have to be, we're joyous about how we hunt, how we kill, whether you do it with hounds, whether you do it by bow and arrow, how you do it with a gun, or just ever how you hunt. As long as it's legal, just hunt. Now, we're going to sit here and talk about a few of these deer, but of course, you know, like I said, deer season may be about over with. It's over here in Mississippi by the time you hear this podcast, and well, Alabama might have a little bit longer season, but it's about over here. Killed a big old 10-point this year. Ain't much controversy on that. It was done on the club. People had pictures of it. They was proud of me. Big old wide 10-point. Smoked him down with the 270, 200 yards. Yeah, I did. Brought him home, showed my wife. She likes some big bucks. I tell her I'll tell you like that big buck, don't you, baby? That thing sitting up there skull mounted on the dresser in the bedroom next to hers. Now, she got a nice buck, but I got that big buck, see? And every now and again, I had to make her look over there. Sometimes I fold the clothes and I put them over in that corner just so she has to look over there. She can't wear work clothes without walking by that old big buck because I'm a big buck killer, see? (laughs) <laughs> oh, anyway, let's start off with the first, uh, I guess the first deer. I, I've killed a, I've killed several bucks. And as, as years went on, I killed, you know, you'd kill a deer, kill a deer, kill a deer. And, you know, you're just happy to kill them. And then as you get older, you, you kind of want to get into that. Uh, I want to kill bigger bucks. And then when the trail cameras come out, whoo, man, and you really saw what deer you had on your piece of property, it was just a game changer for me. Because me and my family were the kind that just come out, and when a buck walked out, boom, you just smoked him. As long as he was legal, you know, you had that full point. I think used to you had to be four points or better. Now it's got to be like 10-inch spread, uh, 13-inch main beam, stuff like that. You got a few more rules in there. I think maybe you can kill one spike or one buck of your choice right now in the state of Mississippi. It changes every year, it seems, and that's okay. You know, you just got to keep up with the following rules. But when you're trying to hunt them big bucks, then you know a big buck. When he walks out there and you 
you just know. There ain't no guessing. If you had to guess on it, just let him walk. But most of the time, you just know. And if you're a killer, and if you just want to hunt, just hunt. Kill what you want to. Everybody ain't got big bucks on their land. They ain't got they got that old thinned out 40 acres of pines. Ain't nothing growing in there. But some attitude, because <laughs> you can't kill nothing. I done been there. I done been there. And I'm blessed now that I get to hunt a lot of good places. But a lot of people know me from the turkeys and where all this started. And now they know me for the hogs. But they never knew that I had I used to kill some really big deer. I'm talking about some giants, folks, with my bow. I killed some with my gun. You know, my oh my first giant deer, my son's grandmother. She owned a little piece of property down in this old bottom. And I was down there, and I remember one day just going down there deciding where I'm going to set a stand at. A little lock. I had a little ladder sticks and a lock on. Excuse me. <clears throat> and as I was walking down this old, there was a, a white oak and a white oak acorn little flat in this bottom. An old cane thicket high as your head, you know, and you're just kind of walking through there, and it's open. You know, once you get up in the trees, you can shoot down in that stuff. But walking through there, you really can't see, you know, 15, 20 yards. And as I was walking through there, three big old bucks jumped up. And I and this was velvet season. I mean, I, it wasn't a season. It was during the velvet time. So, you know, it started October 1st, but this was probably around August, and I'm just looking. And three big old bucks jumped up. And since they was in velvet and the cane was green and all that, I really couldn't tell they was big as they were. I just knew they was big. And I was like, that's the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. But I didn't get excited to the point that, like, that's going to be a giant. I didn't know that. Well, I said, well, heck, I'm going to put a stand right here on this tree. This is where he jumped up at. I didn't know a thing about deer trails. and I mean, you knew about stuff like that, but we didn't. We didn't zone in on like, hey, there's a deer trail. Let's put a tree here. You know, this is my first year of kind of bow hunting. Uh, so we didn't key in on all that information. Didn't have all that information. You watched it on the Outdoor Channel. But hey, you know, the Outdoor Channel folks, they had all the good places to hunt. They were paying to go to places to hunt. They were getting invites from people to come hunt because they was famous on the Outdoor Channel. So they had all the good spots. I mean, even though they still had to hunt, don't get me wrong, they still had their own places they had to hunt hard for. I mean, we all know that. No no disc on the outdoor folks, but as I've learned through life, I get a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have got if I wasn't on the social media platforms I'm on. So now I understand it a little bit better. Y'all had the good spots. <laughs> Whether you had to pay for them or not, you had the good spots. And people killed big deer on TV, and that's what they wanted to see back then because a lot of people didn't know there were just that many big bucks in the world. But anyway, back to my little old spot down in the bottom. I was putting me a little old lock on on a tree and climbed up there. And yeah, I think it was like October. I think it was around close to Halloween. I remember kind of being a full moon. And I was sitting there. And, and even though I saw that big buck, I wasn't. I still wasn't interested. Like the concept of people like me from the trailer hood, the poor boy that ain't got nothing, he's hunting on his, on his son's grandmama's place. And... You know, so I don't own none, so the, the chances of me actually killing it, like the mindset was that we grew up, we always thought that the rich folks is the ones that got to kill all the big animals. Like the poor folks, we didn't get that. And lo and behold, I just didn't know how good a place this was at the time. And right at dark, I seen this old basket rack buck coming out. 
and I'd already made my mind up. So in my mindset is I ain't even thinking about the deer that I had saw back in August or whatever. I'm just thinking about hunting. No cameras, no nothing, and this old basket rack eight point comes out, and I see him out there about fifty yards. Like I said, it's dark. It's, it's when I say it's dark, it's you can still see him, but the horns were chocolate. And the one thing I learned over time, white horns will make deer seem bigger than they are. And then if you shoot a dark chocolate horned deer, most time he grows when you go when you find him. So I was sitting there just kind of anxious, hoping that. He was going to come in and light enough that for me to sling an arrow at him. And lo and behold, this buck just turns straight to me. Comes right up on me, 12 steps from the tree, turns broadside. I pull the bow back. He's just eating them white oat acorns. Never knew I was in the world. And I pulled that arrow back, and I really couldn't see that well through my pins with, that over, with the cover over the, the, the canopy of the trees. It was darker in the woods than it was on the outside. And I pulled that bow back, and I... And I sent that air. And by the time I seen that as a deer run off, I saw him roll out there. And that's the first time I'd ever seen a deer just roll, belly roll. You know, we shot deer with our 30-30. We always hunted thick areas. So by the time you shot one, he always run off, you know. And I saw this deer roll just like they do on the outdoor channels, roll. And I go over there and I'm thinking, you know, I got me a nice basket rack. Now, you got to think, when I say basket rack, I'm talking 10 inches wide. You know, like I said, thirteen inch main beams, just your just your minimum of a deer. And as I walked up on this deer, I got closer and I and I had my little flashlight. By the time I walked over there, it done got dark, you know, because you gotta give him time. Even though I saw him roll and die, you know, I daddy instilled in us, you wait thirty minutes after that gunshot, you know, unless you see him go down, down and uh drop him or whatever. But uh so I still waited till dark, dark, dark to go over there and Put my flashlight on him, and oh my goodness, that was at the time the biggest deer of my life. He ended up being eleven points. He was like a nine. He was a mainframe nine, and he was everything you wanted in a deer. He was not real wide, seventeen inches or so wide, and he went up and he just curled back over a little, just a little bit, and it just was perfect. The G twos on that thing, or yeah, the G threes on that thing was probably. 13 inches long, 11 inches long, uh, crazy, just crazy. And I remember I was just jacked up, and I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'd never seen a shot of deer like this in my life. And I go back home, and, of course, we didn't have cell phones or nothing like that. I didn't have a cell phone back then, so uh, run back to the house, go back to the house. And I call my brother. I'm like, brother. I was like, what comes after 10? He's like, 11? I was like, that's how many points he got, baby. Come on. And we went down there. We got this this uh, this deer on our little old Honda 450. And brrr, we got him tail on the back and all that. And my brother's trying. We didn't even have nothing to tie him down with. My brother's trying to hold him on on the back rack back there. And we get out. Of course, we get back and we take these pictures and everything. And that's back when you had to develop the film, you know. So you didn't even really know if you were taking good pictures. And... uh but he was a giant, and it was my first bow kill. And I was like, how lucky, how blessed is that? But uh, but going back to that, I had actually seen these deer again. And uh, uh, so that was August. So the beans weren't up uh, even in September. So I remember going down to this place at night, and I used to ride my dog a lot. And, uh, you know, you could ride him in these fields, you know, and just make a loop, and I'd get him out to run. That's how he get his exercise and 
he just followed his old field roads, and uh, he'd get his exercise and get him a good stretch and a poop out and, you know, get on back to the house. Well, I remember riding up next to this bean field one night and uh, still had the dog in the back and whatnot. And uh, I come up on those three – I know now or did later on that that was the same three bucks that I saw in the in the bottom, and they were just huge. And I saw them at nighttime. This is at nighttime. And, I mean, they were right there in front of the truck. I mean, there's nothing I could do. They're just eating beans right there in front of the truck. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And the one I killed wasn't even – as big, what even it didn't even seem as near as big as one of the other ones. The other one was a freaking giant, giant. And uh, as an outlaw, you know, <laughs> I guess you would say the outlaw. I was like, dude, you know, you. I mean, I ain't had no gun or nothing, but you like, dude, what if I shot this deer right now? Like, you know, I mean, like it goes through your mind, like I could just shoot him right now. But you know, later on, it, it all works out. But I mean, I wouldn't. Shoot. I've never shot a deer at night. Oh, you know, I don't believe in none of that. But anyway, I get this deer. We get it back home. I take it to work. Everybody, the next morning, you know, everybody's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, this is a great deer. This is, I mean, it was huge. And it was like, we, I mean, it was in the newspaper uh, <laughs> or whatever, you know. It was it was a big old deer. And, uh, and then later on, it's like people start, you know, I killed it with a bow. And then people were like, Man, you know you shot that deer at night, you know, and I'm like, <sighs> and that's kind of when I realize it. Like when you kill big deer, somebody's always going to have a story of you did it wrongly, or you know the jealousy of it that a guy like you couldn't just do that. You know what I mean? Even though like my dad's killed some big, he's killed some nice deer in his day, you know, uh, nothing just giant. But I killed that deer, and, and it, and I was super proud of that deer. I had that deer. Up on the wall, I look at him every night. Like, I'd never, ever dreamed I'd kill a deer like that. And and then it wasn't long after that that the trail camera pictures come out. And when those trail camera picture, trail camera taker pictures or whatever you want to call them come out, we had to develop them first. And then I started finding hogs. And then that's kind of when I got into hogs, shooting hogs and stuff. But later on, dude. I just really, I was really into bow hunting. Like, I never cared to shoot another deer with a gun. And I had that feeling for a long time. And then as I got older, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to kill a deer, whatever I want to kill him with. It was like, there was a time period that, I mean, the outdoor channel, I mean, let's be honest with you, you're influenced by influencers. And the outdoor channel at the time was what influenced you to buy this bow, which I didn't have, I didn't buy this bow. I didn't have money to go buy and do, but buy this gun. Uh, You know, we, we take pictures with, with our gun, with our deer all the time. Personally, I don't care what gun you killed it with. If it's your granddaddy's gun and you got a story behind it, that's awesome. But the Outdoor Channel, there's the ones that started all this, take a picture with your gun because they needed to promote that gun who's supporting their channel. And that's where that come from. And, and I did it. Everybody did it. The only problem I had a problem with is when somebody takes a picture, they lay the gun down on the deer, then they walk around and get ready for the picture, and the gun's pointed right at them. It may be unloaded. It may not be. I don't know. It just caused this trend of a bunch of guns pointed at somebody, you know? And don't get me wrong. If I had a gun sponsor, I'm going to put them in my pictures. But in reality, just set your gun over to the side, it to me, I I just it just don't do nothing for me. If you kill it with a bow, you kill it with a bow, you know. Uh, 
So I think a lot of that's where that comes from. I just don't. I just I've just never been into that. And I've taken pictures with gun, with, with you know, and not think. But I, I, that's where it comes from. Like I said, I shot shot a doe the other day. If you listen to the last episode, I shot a doe with a uh, uh, with my thirty thirty that I had that my dad gave me the first gun I ever got. I was trying to shoot a big buck on the club, and another club member shot it. But uh, you know, I didn't take a picture. You know, with my thirty thirty, I did a YouTube on it. But uh, you know, we just had to watch. In reality, nobody, I mean, I'd never look at a picture and be like, man, I wonder, I wonder what caliber that is. Like, I don't even care about stuff like it. And there's a lot of people on threads that do. Like, what gun did you shoot it with? Like, I mean, whatever caliber it was, the the deer's dead. You know, it did the job. (laughs) But I just know, I mean, like I said, but now don't get me wrong now. If I get me a gun sponsor, I mean, I'm going to prop them up there, but I'm going to do it safely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man but and, and then there's been other deer uh that hadn't been so controversial that i've shot i had this big seven point had like eight nine ten inch uh uh brow tines and it was on a piece of property me and my brother could hunt and it was funny because my brother had pictures of it first and this is this is moving on a few more years the trail cameras are getting better you know you now you can pull them up on an sd card and uh on a computer, and he got a picture of this deer, and I was like, and I told my brother, I was like, well, I'm not going to hunt that side of the property, but if he comes over here, I'm definitely going to shoot him. And uh, I hunted that deer, hunted that deer. It's a big old seven point, and I mean big guys, and uh, not 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 no seven point. I'm talking about a huge seven point, and uh, main frame just went went up went up like a skyscraper. Big old deer, and it being like seven and a half years old, I think. And a lot of people tell me about judging deer. You start at like the third tooth, and then every tooth after that, it has more decay than enamel. Is that right? Is decay the right word? The the the, the stain of it. If it has more stain than enamel, that's a year. So if you backed up from the third tooth and went, if you had five teeth that had more stain than than white enamel that would be like a five and a half year old deer i'm not true of that but anyway this deer was and i think you can only go up to so many years because it's only so many teeth back there right <laughs> so uh you know but oh i think that deer ended up being like six and a half seven and a half years old and uh but he come in i was in a, i remember setting that same lock on that i killed my that first big buck out of and that first big buck that i scored don't get me wrong it was 150 inches and an eighth and that is good for – that's an 11-point, but it was a mainframe 9. It only had two kickers. So it actually probably would have been like a 147-inch deer, uh, but it had two extra kickers as a 9-point. So that's a really big deer, uh, a really great deer. And, and, of course, if you listen to my social – if you watch any of my uh, Facebook and stuff, I'll probably for this podcast, I'll just post the pictures of these deer so you'll kind of have an idea uh, of what these deer look like. Uh, so anyway, I was I was on a piece of property that called it the hills. We were up in the hills, and my brother had a picture of this deer and a few other deer, and I went to another spot, and I had found another one of those. Uh, uh, I don't know if white oaks or what kind of acres. I'm not a I'm not a acronologist or whatever, but I'd found another spot, and I used to like to hunt those tight spots. This we that's where we grew up, especially with bow hunting, and I'm, now I'm big time in the bow. Uh, I think I shoot a Matthews. XT or something like that, switchback, no, Matthew switchback XT, something like that, and uh, my boy's 17, and I bought it the year he was born, so 17 years old, I still shoot the same bow, so this is the bow I'm shooting now, and I'm, I done set this lock on up in a cedar tree, 
and I got it. It's perfect. I'm looking dead in the wind. The cedar, it fits so perfect in the top of the cedar tree that you couldn't see nothing. I just blended right in, and I had to walk through this. It was it was bed cover on to. So I'm looking north. It's bed cover to my right, bed cover to my left, and it's just an open spot of them them acorn trees. And I done stepped off. I didn't have no range fight. I done stepped off every tree, so I knew all the way to forty yards. Well, I done hunted this deer late. See, I had a camera in there, had had scrapes in there, and I had a picture of this deer, and he was showing up pretty much daylight because, I mean, he was just crossing the bed in there. But you could only hunt it on that northwest wind, and I got in there one day, and at 4 o'clock, that dude stood up. I heard him when he stood up. I had done climbed in that tree. He stood up about 40 yards from me. Couldn't have been more than 40 because when he walked out, I shot him at a 30-yard tree. And it pinned him right through the heart. I wish I'd have took a picture of the heart. Uh, I, I, I had a I had a cell phone then, so uh, it had a perfect like the like when you shoot a target, you know how you got the 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 broad head or the uh, the veins. It had a perfect right through the middle of the heart. I thought I'd shot him low, but that's where your heart is. And it nicked the elbow. Like he had had his. I guess I try to shoot with the. I always try to shoot with the the leg forward. That way, none of the bone catches in it. But I guess he had just got ready to take a step by the time it got there or maybe jump. It nicked his just a little bit of the elbow, but it went straight perfect into that heart. And he actually laid on. He just, he didn't even run. He just kind of tried a little bit and he stopped and he just fell over right there in front of me. And it, and it was at four o'clock. So everything was like really great daylight. I had plenty of time to take it all in, had plenty of time to get good pictures, uh, take pictures of this deer. And he was a freaking giant of a seven point. And I went back and got that old four-wheeler Honda 450 and got him, got him loaded up, took some beautiful pictures. That song was setting down. You know, for what you could, for what a phone back then, you know, that would have been a, a probably a Blackberry, <laughs> you know, something like that. But uh, I just remember taking that deer and I taking it back and I got some more good pictures of it. And I got that deer skull mounted. And he was a great deer. Oh my God, he's so great. And then I end up, I actually end up losing that place to hunt uh, later on to people buying, leasing up land and stuff. I had it just for overlooking uh, a piece of property for a guy, uh, the actual owner. So it's crazy how that starts because you have to go through, I say controversy, I don't have no controversy, but I did. The, the landowner died. He owned like 1,500 acres. And when the nephew took over, because the guy didn't have no kids, when the nephew took over, uh, he asked me, because I lived out there, he asked me, he said, hey, would you uh, overlook this piece of property for me? And I was like, yeah. I said, well, can I hunt it? You know, he's like, he just, I just want to keep people off of it. I don't want people getting hurt. And I was like, well, sure. I said, but the problem that I knew of was the guy that had the cattle rights, he had people, he had a little hunt, he had a bunch of land, but he had cattle rights, and then he was letting people hunt it. So... So the previous year, I was kind of like, well, I'm kind of kind of friends with this guy, but now I'm taking over. It feels like I'm going to run people off. And uh, so anyway, he said, uh, so I did end up having to put trespassing on my way. Anyway, I ended up having a falling out with this guy who was mad because come to find out, he was actually leasing that land out to the hunters, and all he had was the cattle rights to it. <laughs> so he got really mad at me, and it kind of ended our friendship to the point to where I prop. I mean, there was days that when I walked into the store out there that I wanted to take my pocket knife and just stick it in his throat. Like that's and this is an older gentleman. Uh, as later on, I realized that's why people you you can you can only deal with this guy because he is he's the guy. Even my, my son's grandmother said, "When you're dealing with that fella, all you ever do is say." 
good morning or good evening, and you walk away. Any other dealings, he'll try to screw you over or try to bully you through and, and stuff like that. And I learned that over time, you know, and 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 I think there's there's a lot of people out there when it comes to money, uh, comes to land, comes to deer, people get so jealous or, or so greedy that they think they got to have it all. Like the, like the rich man said one time, I don't want all the land. I just want the land that touches mine. <laughs> well, if you do that, you eventually end up with it all, right? So I end up running. I didn't really run those people off. I let put up posted signs and give the uh, give the guy that now owns the land give it his number. And uh, but I put my number on there as a, as a contact reach just just in case. And uh, dude, it was a it was a fight. But anyway, I mean, it wasn't a fight for me because I didn't own nothing. I just had the rights to hunt it. But so anyway, and then after that, I killed the deer the next year. And then the next year, I think I maybe hunted a little bit. And then they end up leasing the land to somebody else anyway. So. We don't need me arguing over none of it, you know, but I got a chance to do it. So it always seems like with big deer controversy or hunting land, controversy always comes. You know, I can remember being in a hunting club for 300 bucks, and uh, now you're lucky to get in one for less than 1000 you know, and that's probably going to have a lot of members. But, oh, man, at the deer. But I can there's so there's two deer that, that we used to live with my wife's, uh, my, uh, my son's, my ex-wife's son's uh, grandmama's place. And when we lived there, uh, there was a lot of big bucks back there. And the two most controversial bucks that I ever killed on the place that she owned was one in 2011, this big tornado system, frontline wind tornado, whatever you want to call it, come through and just tore up, demolished a bunch of property. Well, it come in right behind the old home place that we used to live on, right? So when it come through there, it tore up all that bottom behind behind the land that we had behind us and then the neighbor's land. And at the time, uh, the neighbor's land, I think it was leased to uh it was leased to somebody, but all that land, like twelve, fifteen hundred acres, whatever it was, it was given to Mississippi State University. Cause them folks didn't have no kids. They didn't have nobody to give it to, or they didn't want to give it to somebody in the family. I don't know. But they gifted all that land in Mississippi State, and then Mississippi State just turns around and they just lease it out to some rich dude uh, that's in the in crowd with the Mississippi State University, you know. Yeah, we'll lease it out to you for $15, $20, $25 an acre. And, uh, you know, and I used to be able to hunt it, but I knew when it when she died, I had no more rights to it, so I didn't hunt it, you know, and it was thick. Uh, they had went in there and planted pines on it, uh, you know, so it was, grow, it was growing up in the pines. But anyway, that storm come through there. So you couldn't even hunt the places that I used to hunt, right? Like uh, I had a few stands on the line, you know what I mean? Well, tornado tore all that down. So in like October, November of that same year, so that come through the spring, and then the November, October, September, yeah, I got pictures of this giant deer. I saw him out the back glass of where I used to live. He was in a pasture overlooking the pasture we lived on. And as that deer was walking across that pasture, I was like, where in the heck did that deer come from? So I got to see him. He's a huge, big old 14-point, real wide, 19, 20 inches wide. Uh, just had points had points going. He's like a mainframe 10 and had like points going backwards and uh, everything. But I went and set a stand, a bow stand, right up in my back pasture, 110 steps from the trailer. And I'd walk down there right on the line. I'd seen, so I got to watching them where the other deer late in the evening was crossing that pasture. 
and I could see where they were. I see where they were going into the woods at. So I went over and I set a stand and I saw where there was a piece of barbed wire down, which it, the barbed wire fence down through there wasn't holding back anything anyway, but there was a, a spot that was a gap open and they were just using it. And there was a pond on the neighbor's land. Well, they were going to get that water coming back forth to that water is what they were doing and probably feeding on berries or whatever else is growing up around that old pond over there. And uh, so I went over and I set a lock on right there. Same old lock on I've been killing other bucks out of. Set me a lock on, except I waited till I saw him in daylight on camera. Finally got him on daylight a couple times. Because, you know, from from the time I saw him back in the summer or early summer uh, or late summer, from the time as it gets cooler, you know, they start going a little more nocturnal. And on the third, I think the third hunt that I hunted him, I saw him come out from the far end of the pasture, and I had to watch that dude come from like 200 yards, come all the way up. And he was with a good buck to begin with, and I and if I had not ever seen that buck, the big buck, I'd have shot this other buck. And he walked right up there, and dude, it's something about that 12 steps. He was just there, and I pulled that bow back, slung it, didn't know if I hit him, but I saw it, and he run off, and he run all the way back. And like I said, his sun's setting. And he stops on the hill right before he goes into the woods where he come from and just stood there, stood there, just looking back. And I'm like, maybe I didn't hit him. And he just walks over the hill. And I get down and I see blood. And I follow blood all the way to where he stood on that hill. And, dude, that deer was so big, I was scared to go in there and get him. And I had a tracking dog. He was a black lab named Jack. And he would track them and he would bay them, but he wouldn't catch them if they wouldn't. And I was scared to death. So I go back up to the house and I call my buddies and I was like, dude, that picture, uh, we called him Tater Head. I mean, I had a song on, had a head like a big tater. And I said, I, I've shot him. I said, I got blood. I just can't, I don't know what to do. I was like, I want to take Jack down there to find him. I said, but if he ain't dead, I don't want to lose this deer. And so I, I go back down there and I mark it because they were going to come out there and help me. And when I walked back down there, I forgot to tie my dog up. I had tied him up when I go hunting. That way he wouldn't follow me down there. Now, Jack was one of them dogs. He'd just lay up under the stand. Like when I gun hunted, he'd just lay up under the stand on the ground. I'd shoot something. He'd go out there and, you know, get it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He, he's a good dog. He listened. But when it comes to bow hunting, I didn't want him, you know, I didn't want him to be there. So the dog goes down there with me, and all of a sudden the dog takes off down the trail. And I couldn't call him back then and goes down there. And, of course, I walked right up on him and the in the deer and it was a tank we took i had an old tractor with a front end loader on it we went down there and put him in that uh front end loader that tractor when my buddies got there and we got back and we took a bunch of pictures and 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 all of that then and like i said that was at that time was gonna be the biggest buck i'd ever killed and uh i was super excited about that but the thing is about that deer where the controversy come in was uh as you're kill big deer like that well guess what the neighbor who now leases that thousand acres of mississippi state land over there and thinks he owns everything which i mean i guess if you lease land you're gonna be kind of particular about it well later on throughout the, throughout the year it done made it and people have been asking where'd you kill that deer where'd you kill that deer well most folks knew i killed it right behind my trailer the problem is with stories like that is oh you shot him out of the trailer with your guns what you did when when i shot him well, i knew my story well also you don't want to tell folks because you know, you don't, when you hunt deer, you hardly ever tell them where you exactly killed it. So I told them, I said, yeah, I, I had a few friends. I'm like, yeah, I just killed them down there standing out on the line. Well, the thing was, when that tornado come through, it tore all that down. Well, I guess it got back to the landowner. So now the landowner thinks, or the land leaser thinks that I shot the deer on him, and he's mad. 
So one day I seen an old landowner coming out of the bottom down there about 8 o'clock at night. And I was like, well, that's, I never talked to him in my life. I'm just trying to be a friendly neighbor. And uh, I pulled my truck over there, had my dog in the back. And I said, how are you doing? I said, I'm David Ellis. And uh, I said, I seen you coming out late. I didn't know if you had a deer, if you need one tractor or whatever. He said, David Ellis. I said, yeah. Is you living in that trailer up there? I said, yeah. He said, you the one who shot my deer. I was like, no, I ain't shot your deer. I mean, he's like, well, you telling everybody you shot him in that stand out on the line. And we got that line. I said, that stand ain't even standing no more. Yeah, I probably told people that. You know, I was like, well, that's just part of hunting. I don't tell people exactly where I killed deer. And the dude got so mad and sassy, like, I mean, he didn't know me like that, but it made me it made me realize that some people that think they got money or got things that they just better than do. He could have come to me and said, hey, did you kill a deer on me? He could have had the game warrant to come out there. I could have walked him right down there to it. Could have showed him where we took all the pictures at. But instead, some people just like to run around and run that mouth and then, and then want to act bad because I didn't have none. I had a trailer, worked down at the city of West Point making peanuts. You know, and because you lease, you can lease twelve, fifteen hundred acres at one lick. All of a sudden, now you you got that like you better than me, or you want to be bad. One thing I learned in life: if I come from the trailer hood, the last thing you want to do is be bad to a fella from the trailer hood. And that guy, you know, so I learned then. I was like, you know what? I ain't ever going back over there. I mean, the dude even got mad because one day I was on a tractor, and my dog followed me, he took out after a deer, and I walked down that same. I went down that same road with my bush hog on, and I went down there and, and turned around and got my dog off off a. Uh, I'm sorry, one of the deer ended up being a hog down there. Ended up going and get my dog. But I'd run the tractor down there on his piece of property down the line, but I still had the, the bush hog running. So he was like, well, you doing bush hog my side? I know you're trying to hunt over there. Whatever. I was like, dude, <laughs> chill. <laughs> it's like, I come up to help you, and you just got a problem off the bat. But anyway, uh, but they end up, they still own that land. I guess still lease that land out or whatever. It don't matter to me. I don't deal with none of that no more. But that was kind of a controversy because of that big deer. And the thing is, I guess what I say about big deer is if you shoot a, just a low buck or shoot some does, nobody cares. But it don't matter where you, even if you're in a hunting club, you shoot a big buck, somebody's going to be jealous. Not my hunting club because they'd be knowing what, what we're trying to hunt, but uh, we all we all good folks together. But, you know, these places where you pay $1,000 and your kid comes, you bring a guest and they end up shooting a big buck on the club. And then this, next, next year, you know, they're like, well, we're going to do something different. We're not... You're not invited back in the club. I mean, it all comes down to mainly a lot of clubs. They just want you to have a. Uh, they want you to pay a membership, but don't kill nothing. You know, so <laughs> you know. And it's usually. And I'm gonna tell you straight up with you. It's usually the old timers are setting their ways, but then you get these new folks that's probably got the money. They're on the board, and they're like, "We're gonna do it this way," you know. And then this old country boy to go down there and kill something, and they get mad about it. But it just seems like the controversy comes with, with killing big bucks and and killed it on the place I supposed to be, you know. And uh, but I just never forget that guy said I killed his buck, and he told me he had him on trail camera, and uh, you know, and I'm glad he did, you know. And uh, I started to send him a postcard. <laughs> Of me smiling, big cheesing with that thing. Oh, I guess so. And that's the thing, man. I try to stay positive, but I even think about before the social media part of it all, people just hate on you killing something and they didn't do it or or, or whatnot. You know, I didn't ever, uh, and I was hunting with a bow. I mean, I killed that deer in bow season, but as soon as rifle season, I just shot it with a rifle. I mean, and uh, things like that. So I don't know why the controversy always got to come, but that deer was end up being... It was 14 or 16 points. I can't remember. And he was nice. <laughs> he was he was real nice. And uh, so anyway, and then after that, I'm not going to lie, after the landowner, that landowner tried to get sassy with me, 
and tried to act bigger and badder than me. I shot a lot. Well, let me take it. Let me reword this. Me and my brothers and daddy shot every buck there was down there just so it wouldn't grow no bigger so they couldn't see them. And they still kill some nice deer. But if it come through there, I told my daddy and them, you smoke every buck you want. We got three bucks a piece. We're killing nine. We're going to get, Harlow's going to get his. We're going to smoke every deer. And I want them to talk about they can't grow big deer because we smoking every buck over here. Because I didn't care about land management. All I cared about was, was punking them out for trying to, for wanting to be bad. When in reality, they ain't bad. They were blessed by the Lord with certain funds, financial gain. And able to do that. But they never better than me. They were never better than me. And here's the next book. This book was kind of controversial. Not for... Not for... A purposely... Not a purposely... Controversial. I had a couple years later. I had another year or so... I all, and I'm going to be, be honest with you, I always had a big buck to chase on this piece of property. There was always one giant buck in there for Mississippi. No, I ain't talking about Iowa giants. I'm talking about Mississippi giants. And I had a picture of this deer before season, and then I got a picture of him uh, several times later, and I tried to hunt this deer with a bow. And this deer was big. And he finally broke off like a G4, G5, whatever it was. It was and I, and and I was so particular about this time in life that, well, dang, he broke off that G five. Should I shoot him? Let him go another year? And my brothers would be like, "What? What are you talking about? Like that's a freaking giant." He's like, "You lost two inches, lost three inches. So what?" I had them got so particular in the deer that I that I hunted that I was like, "Well, if this dude was to make it next year, he'd grow that back," you know. And and that's the I don't know if the spoil part of it or the uh, I don't know what it was, but I just didn't got so particular in deer, and I'm not like that now. Uh, I like to kill big deer. Don't get me wrong. I like to hunt big deer, and uh, you know I'll shoot all does. But the deer broke off as G4, G5. I can't even remember which one it is now. And all these deer out there in my shed now is what's so what's so crazy. It's like something that I have in the shed. My deer in the shed. They mean nothing to no one but me. The deer that you killed means nothing to no one but you after the first week of social media posting. No one cares. And that's the reality that we need to understand. When you die, chances are your family won't keep your deer heads. They'll, eventually, they'll, they'll hold on to them a little bit. When time passes and your kids take over your home, chances are their wife or, or husband will be like, you know, we... I think we're just going to modernize, more modernize our house. and Well, we need to do something with these deer heads. They will be memories that, yeah, my dad killed big deer and my dad killed a lot of turkeys. But they mean nothing to no one but you. Most times when your kid kills a deer at six years old, he's excited right then. You are the one that holds on to that. I've all but almost forgot the first deer I've ever killed. It doesn't have the meaning as of yesterday's 10-point. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that. When my buddies kill a big buck, man, I'm proud for him then. I will always be proud that he killed a big deer, but it means nothing to me. 
It means something to you. It might not even mean nothing to your kids. So we get so stirred up and riled and lose friendships, cause problems in the outdoor industries between people over a deer, over an animal. We both respect them. Most time it's just we're mad because the other one killed it. If you're in the same club, hunting the same, hunting on the line with the property, you and the property owner don't get don't get along. But where I'm getting at this, this was an unintentional. This was an unintentional controversy that never caused a problem with the person that posted the picture. It just it didn't even cause a problem with me because I didn't give a dang. But Cus Strickland was a land neighbor of mine. When I say land neighbor, it was way back there, probably a mile. Yeah, probably a mile back there. And one day I had been hunting this deer, and one day he posted a picture. It's like, hey, guys, how much y'all think this deer weighs? This deer was huge, body-wise. He was huge rack-wise. And when I seen that, because I followed him on his social media stuff, and you got to realize, I didn't do nothing. I had like 200 friends on Facebook. Like, I didn't do no social media. Like, there was no y'all, y'all. This is just David, the outlaw from the trailer hood who hunts and kills what he wants and when he wants. Uh, rumors is what you get because I love to hunt, but nobody understood that I was actually after all those big deer, those, those you know, but whatever. It didn't matter. But Cus Strickland, <laughs> he posted a picture of how, hey, guys, how big do y'all think, how, how heavy do y'all think? And he was. It was a deer that had a, it was a freaking cow of a body and when I seen he had a picture of that deer a mile away I put the bow down like that week the next week or whatever it was. I put the bow down and I was like I'm tired of watching this deer out there at 70 yards you know and I didn't had several encounters of this deer and I put down because bow hunting to me it was it wasn't egoistic like I only hunt with a bow and y'all hunt with guns it was it was just so much more satisfying to me to sling an arrow through a deer and know that I did. I had him close enough to kill him with a bow. I had the right setup, and at the right time, that deer come by. But there was about a two, three, about a 250-yard road, main road that we had. It's a closed road. It wasn't like it was a road that went through all the properties. It used to be an old road, and I had the supervisor shut it down after the bridge, and then we was able to chain it off. Uh, and not make it a public road anymore, even though we fought four-wheeler folks all the time. Even Cush Strickland uh, had to fight those people. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it was a never-ending battle with people that just didn't understand. Just because you have a four-wheeler doesn't mean you get to ride on everybody else's land. And it was ridiculous the amount of stupidity in people that just thought they could just come down roads. Even with a, I had a cable across the road one day. And I stopped 17 four-wheelers coming out of there. And I said, dude, I got a cable up across the road. He's like, well, we didn't bother the cable. We just went around. Well, no crap, dummy. And it was just it was just crazy. And then we fought that battle for forever. And of just people that just would tear up your land, you know. But anyway, back to where I'm at. So I'm just going to give you an idea. It's an old road. I bush hogged it. Had a, had a shooting house on it. And... I didn't have a shooting house on it at this point. I was still hunting on the ground. And I remember walking by, I thought, okay. I said, well, Cuz has done post a picture of this deer. I said, it's on, you know, I don't have a problem posting deer that's on my property because they're on the property that I'm on. I'm not posting it on my buddy's property. You know, so he wasn't 
cuz wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, he just like, really? I mean, that deer was huge. I was excited about it, you know? And I was like, dang. I said, dang, he's got that. He's got that. And I was like, uh. I said, well, so I put the gun down. So the day I was going to go, I told my son, I said, Harlow, do you want to go? I said, you've got a chance killing a buck. He's crossing this lane every single day. And I had been hunting on the same lane, but with a bow. I said, he's crossing every single day. All we got to do is go to sit in that road and you'll shoot this deer. He said, well, I got a buddy coming over. They were going, he said, I just soon play with him. I said, that's fine, son. I said, don't matter to me. I said, I'm going to shoot this deer. He said, okay, daddy. So I go down there and I sit down in the road and realize that the wind shifted. And that's back before I really, you had to walk outside and see what the wind's doing. You didn't look at the weather app and all that, you know, or uh, Onyx and stuff like that. So I sit down, realize the wind is pushing back up the road. I said, well, dang, I got to get up. So I get up real fast. I run to the other side. Now, you got to realize I had been trapping coyotes year-round on this piece of property. I have trapped everything. There was not a howl in the world around on the property that I'm on. Not one howl. That evening, about, I don't know, it was left four. Yep, 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 yep. And dude, the sirens went off in that thicket. And when the sirens went off in that thicket, dude, I was like, where did these coyotes come from? I said, they done messed up, and I ain't going to be able to kill this deer, so he's going to run him off. And don't you know it, that deer, it wasn't three minutes, that deer walks out into the road and looks back. Like, like the coyotes had got him up. And I took my 270, I lowered it on that front shoulder, and he was kind of quartering to me, and ah, boom, he fell right there. And I jumped up, and I, I, I uh, bolted another one in, and I looked at him, he was kind of kicking, he was down. I said, well, I'm going to walk up there. I said, I ain't going to shoot him, I'm going to walk up there. So I walked up there to him, and I walked within about three feet of him, and he was still, still kind of alive. And I know the thing about big bucks, you got to shoot them again or you mess around. And I reached up in about three feet from him and I put it behind the shoulder and I shot him again. And that deer was dead. Now here's a little kicker to that second shot. When I cleaned that deer, there was only two, there was only one bullet hole. I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know where the second shot, but it wasn't behind the shoulder. <laughs> but I got that deer and I was so proud of him. I was just as proud of him as I would have been with a shot him with a doe. And the only reason I shot him with a gun I was willing to let that deer go. I had the mindset that I'm going to bow hunt him. And if I kill him with a bow, it's great. But I was going to let him go because he had that broken G4 or 5, whatever it is, of like two or three inches. But then when I saw, but then when a neighbor posted a picture of him, I was like, <sighs> I, had that inst I had that instinct of, well, heck, if the neighbor's going to shoot him, I guess I'll shoot him. And it, it would become that, it wasn't greed, it just come that competition like, well, you know what, I got to get him now. You know, like I know, everybody knows about it. Because, you know, as long as you've only got the pictures of him, you think that you're the only one that's got pictures of him, you know, so that he's safe or he's hanging right here. And I had a 40-acre thicket. Uh, it was a it was a, a bottom that had been cut right there. It was 40 acres of timber been cut and it done been grown up a couple of years. You know how it is when the thickets get that second, third year growth on it, it gets thick in there and that's what they like to bet at. And I shot that deer, and, uh, of course, I posted a picture on social media then. And uh, he wasn't as big then. He, it was later on the side. I think he'd done been through the first been through the first rut. I can't remember. Maybe he was rutted down. I can't remember. But he was only like 185 pounds when I shot him. 
But the picture that Cuz had of on picture, I mean, you'd have thought 250. I'm going to say at least 2 220, 230. But he had that look, that bar, that, like that bull look of looking at that camera. And, uh, but the controversy would come not because of uh, Cuz or anything. It's just so many people <laughs> followed Cuz that they seen that picture. And then when they seen that picture, I'm sorry, I got beeping somewhere. I guess somebody's delivering a package here to my house and it's beeping. But anyway, when they saw that picture, and then when they saw my picture, because mine kind of went viral, I can tell you, I, oh, oh uh, golly, what's that white fella's name? He used to play the quarterback over at Mississippi State. He got a podcast, TV show now. He uh, he posted on a thing that said I must have uh, photoshopped it. I'm like, dude. <laughs> and that kind of made me mad back then. I was so proud of him, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, I was like, why would they think I'm photoshopped something? I mean, don't we all kind of long arm photos and whatnot? <laughs> so anyway, he uh, he did. He, they, I remember just making that that uh, it, it was talk radio or whatever. It wasn't like a podcast. It was talk radio, and he was just uh talked about me but i knew but but cuz didn't he didn't mean to do it it's just people would follow cuz so much they saw that deer and then when i killed him guess what people thought people thought that i had done one over to cuz's property or shot the deer or poached the deer and stuff like that and that does happen happens so many times people will go out there and you'll post a picture if they know about where you hunt they'll ride them roads Heck, I had a buddy used to pour corn down the middle of the road, not the middle of the road, but in the ditches, just spread it all the way down the ditches. He'd know that deer be eating on the side of the road at night. <laughs> it come, and then, I mean, it ain't it ain't funny, but I mean, it happened. That's that's the outlaw in a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if you ain't got a place to hunt, you just corn up the you just corn up the ditch, and heck, if you want to shoot a deer, you just go down there in the late in the evening, at night, and you just shoot him off the side of the road. But uh, I mean, not me. I mean, I ain't I ain't about that. But uh, but it was so funny that people thought. They actually come to me like, man, you shoot that deer, Cuz Strickland's. And then some people even ask me, like, did you did you hunt that Cuz let you hunt his place? I'm like, no. He's like, well, how do you shoot that deer that's over his property? I'm like, man, that deer been on our property way before he saw it. <laughs> I was like, you know, but that just shows. And that was even before Mississippi State started doing all these researches. I say before. I mean, before you you got research and stuff on uh, you know, collar deer would be like, 18 miles away. I mean, this show was just a mile. I mean, I used to run that when I was young. I'd, I'd run from my house all the way to that bottom and back, and it was a mile. It was it was two miles total, you know, a mile there and a mile back. That's how long the, the land went that I used to uh, be on. So, you know, that's a little controversial with that. But, you know, as you get older and then as you start with this so, real social media stuff, everybody starts watching you. And, and then, like I said, the, remember the land owner that I was telling you about, uh, they got a problem because he was leasing out the land to some some hunters and all he had was the cattle rights and all that. Well, then he becomes such a hatred of a person that, I mean, about every time I turned around or rode past his land or something, you know, he's calling the game warden. He had the game wardens in his pocket, you know, and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, but I never backed down. <laughs> so, and I never will. Oh, but any which way. So those are some of the controversies of things that, that happen. So if, if, if your neighbor or anybody ever has a picture of a deer and they post it or they have a picture and you, and you shoot it, you know, it always comes to, well, that deer's been on my land this whole time. I don't believe you shot it a mile away. Well, that's living proof right there. And, and uh, but anyway, of course, I didn't have no video of what and all that but uh that was not that was not intentional controversy i don't think it ever really is intentional uh controversy unless somebody just knows uh you did something wrong or uh you know you see all the time on the social media like 
somebody kills a big buck, and then there's controversy with like the time frame. I think like the world record had been shot up in Ohio or something. And I was reading some of the the articles. And it was like, well, this guy had a picture of this deer 15 minutes before dark, and now all of a sudden this guy's got a picture of him the same night at nine o'clock. He just found him like 18 miles away or 20 miles away or whatever it is. You know, I'm like, man, I don't know. That's why you always film. That's always why you got your locations on. Like, if you're 100% legit, there's nothing to hide. You know what I mean? And and I'm glad that now, you know, the Lord's put me in a position that, I mean, I don't go turkey hunt people's places that say, hey, come turkey hunt with me. And I get over there, and they got the field chopped up, and then I get in trouble. What's that look like? You know? So I'm just glad that I get to, if anything happens, it's, it's always in, unintentional with me now, but... I mean, the last deer I kill, people always say it's high fence. You know, uh, must be nice to have money and be in a club like that. I ain't got no money. You know what I do? I trap for that place that I get to hunt. And they bought that land 25 years ago. That land's paid for. Back when land wasn't $2,000, $3,000 an acre. You know what I'm saying? So it's just some people take care of their good land and some people don't. And if I'm ever lucky enough to own 1,000 acres, well, they gonna have to claim it's high fence because I'm gonna kill some studs off of it. But anyway, anyway, there's some of the stories. Like I said, with everything that I've ever done in life comes with a little controversy. But hey, in the end, things just remember: do right, hunt right to the best ethical way you can. Hey, we're always gonna be, uh, you know, like get tickets from the game one. We're allowed to always get a game ticket. Just don't do nothing stupid. Don't be shooting from the side of the road. Don't put nobody else's life in danger. There's always something that's going to happen. It could be just something as simple as you forgot to uh, put your orange on before you crossed the ditch in the game warden. See, it may be you forgot to unload your gun before you got in the truck or why you before you got on the, the county right away coming off of your land. Some of those things can be dangerous. Some of those people, some of those things cannot be. But just do right. And don't and it's not the end of the world when things happen to you. But as long as you do right, the Lord gonna be with you. And I believe it. He's always with me. Any which way. That being said, Cush Strickland, if you get a shout out from this, just know this is not talking about you. But man, when you showed that deer, my heart sank. <laughs> so I had to go kill him with the 270. But any which way. Y'all have a good one. God bless. And as always, Jesus loves you.